I have to remind myself why I'm doing this podcast. People who publish content on a regular basis generally have an expectation that someone will listen, read, or otherwise consume that content. So I have to ask myself, who is it that I want to listen to this show? From the beginning, I've said this show is about me researching the public sector and politics in order to prepare myself for a political office at some point in the future. That's still my mission, but I can do that research without recording, editing, and publishing it. Heck, it might even be nice to not have to have purchased a nicer microphone and hosting services. The question I need to answer for myself to keep going with the podcast is, who am I doing this for? Who's my audience? I think that I at last have an answer, and it's a simple one. I'm recording this for my parents with whom it's sometimes tough to have a political conversation. I'm recording this for my girlfriend, who pushes me to be the best version of myself and gives wonderful advice. I'm recording to reach out to friends far away with whom I'd like to discuss politics, but when I get to see them for a couple hours after a couple years, we can never get to the topics beyond just catching up. That's who I'm talking to here on this podcast. What I'm not here to do is bullshit my audience. That's a tough proposition, honestly. I'm trying to tackle some complex topics with a lot of gray area. When the episode starts, I'll be telling you that France, Germany, and Japan all have essentially the same healthcare systems. This isn't an absolute truth. Each country developed its system during a very different moment in its history and within their own cultural context. The world has enough bullshit and enough people spouting off about topics they don't truly understand. I don't want to be one of those people. But I'll tell you right up front, right now, that I'm not an expert on healthcare. I'm not an expert on healthcare systems either. I have lived in just two countries, the United States and France. I have read just one book on the topic, and watched a handful of YouTube videos. That doesn't make me an expert. But I do hope it puts me in a good position to make you consider the scope of what a nation's healthcare system can be, and if I can spark your interest, encourage you to do your own research, and then come back to me to have our own discussion. How's that for a cold open? Now let's get into the topic at hand. Welcome to Tyler2040, where I am researching the public sector and politics in order to prepare myself for my 2040 campaign. Today, I'm talking about healthcare systems. There are many models of healthcare systems in the world, but one popular one that doesn't seem to actually get much play in the news, at least in the United States, is the Bismarck model. Now, this this was the model proposed by... Otto von Bismarck in the 1880s. You may recognize the name. He was the Chancellor of Germany before World War I. Bismarck decided that in his Germany, everyone should have health insurance. And the government should only be paying for the poorest of its citizens. There are a few basic tenets of the Bismarck model of healthcare first. Everyone, everyone has health insurance, no exceptions. The government generally defines a basic health insurance product. Now, this 
often takes the shape of a very, very long document of fees. This is how much it costs to have aspirin. This is how much an arm x-ray costs. This is how much a leg x-ray costs, and so on and so forth. That's a huge cost controlling measure that you can use to make sure you're not spending way too much on healthcare. These prices are published and posted for customers. So you walk into the doctor's office and you can say, hey, how much is it going to cost me to get, get today's whatever it is, be it a surgery, an x-ray, just a, a consultation? You can ask and they, they tell you before they give you the services. It sounds pretty much like any other thing that you go in to ask for a service, doesn't it? So not only does the government define a set of prices, but the government defines what will insurance cover, at least at this most basic level. Typically, there are supplements that insurers can sell on top of the basic package, but those are optional. And not everyone's going to get those, but if you have specific needs and you have the money to burn, why not purchase some kind of supplement? Now, that basic insurance product is sold at a government-set price. That means the insurance company has to save money on its administration fees in order to be able to operate their business based on what's coming in on those those standard packages. Uh, they also compete on the supplemental packages, which I mentioned before. But because that the prices are already set, they pretty much know the revenue coming in, and because of the prices of the fee schedule, they can estimate their expenses as well. So not only is the point of this kind of system to make sure everyone can have health care, it also is in there in order to reduce the cost of health care for the entire nation. Now, as I mentioned, the prices are regulated, but also medical education is made to be cheaper. If a would-be doctor spends $200,000, $250,000 on tuition for their MD, that doctor is going to need a much, much larger starting salary in order to pay off, presumably, a mountain of debt from day one. If that doctor starts off with little to no debt in tuition, then when they start working, they don't need that giant six-figure salary, uh, $150,000 to $200,000 annually. They, they don't need that because they don't have that mountain of debt. In addition, the published rates for services cuts out any type of negotiation on behalf of the providers for what are they going to charge on this consultation because, well, it was already published. The customer came in and said, hey, I'm paying you $25 to take a look at my toe. You can't, the doctor can't turn around and say, hey, that actually cost $35 because it was infected. Well, it's not how it works. You have to pay just $25 because it was a, a consultation and that's how much it costs. I have an anecdote I'd like to share with you about a young man I met in Japan while I was over there on a study abroad in college. So this young man had the great misfortune of acquiring some kidney stones 
within his first week in Japan. This is a a six-week program, and right off the bat, the guy's just in terrible pain. Um, If you haven't had kidney stones, they are, they're not a good time, so I'm told. Uh, Not a, not a whole lot you can do other than just be in a whole lot of pain until they're gone. So, what this young man did was he said, "Hey, I, I can't really, I can't really handle this." Uh, he he went to the he went to one of the professors of the, in the program. The professor said, "Hey, let's just go to the doctor. It's not a big deal. We'll we'll see what we got to do." So he says, "Yeah, I'll I'll go. Like um, whatever it, whatever it is, I can't take it anymore." So this guy goes to the doctor. He gets an X-ray. They confirm that what he has are kidney stones. He comes back uh, the next day, goes in for an appointment, has an ultrasound treatment to break up the stones, and is prescribed some painkillers in order to, you know, kind of get through his days. Um, His fears about what it might cost to not have insurance as a, a foreigner in that country is... He was afraid that he was going to have to spend, like, you know, a couple thousand dollars on taking care of these these kidney stones. His bill, at the end of the day, $35 American. 35 That's the cost for an x-ray. That's a cost for the processing of the x-ray. That's the cost for the ultrasound. That's the cost for the pain pills. In total, he spent $35. Not too bad. Not too bad, I'd say. Um, if that had happened in the United States, uh, I would think his his expenses would easily be 10 to 20 times that. Especially these days. This was back in 2008, I believe. So you may have heard me mention before that I live in France right now. <laughs> that means I am dealing with the French healthcare system any time... I have a problem. Um, I've had to go see the doctor a couple times. Nothing too big. I've gone in for, uh, what is it? Um, A little dermatology consultation. And I had to get a physical in order to join a baseball team. Uh, I think I went in another time, but I can't remember what it would have been for. Um, So the French healthcare system is pretty darn easy to navigate uh, I don't have the the little card that they use here. Um, what do they call that thing? Ah, yeah, the, the carte vitale. Um, I don't have that because I am not a, a French citizen, uh, and I don't have French health insurance. I have international health insurance, which is more or less uh, catastrophic coverage in case I, uh, you know, break both my legs or something crazy. Um, so... When I need to go to the doctor, I hop online. There's a website called Doctolib. Uh, this website lets me see uh, who are the doctors in my area that are registered on the website. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them in Paris where I am. Um, so I get on there. I see which doctors are near me, which doctors have open appointments. Uh, I can see how much a consultation will cost me, and I can... Uh, see if they speak English, which kind of helps me. Not exactly fluent in French just yet, and you know, I, I I check on click 
I check out their schedule and I make an appointment for myself. Just say, hey, uh, tomorrow, 10 a.m., going to go see uh, whoever that doctor might be. Going to cost me 25 euro, 30 euro, whatever it is. Um, specialists cost more. I think my dermatology thing was about 60 euro for a consultation. So, so I go into these, I go, I go into a doctor's office and it's pretty much just like an apartment built, an apartment that has been outfitted with a bunch of medical gear. Uh, the first place I went in to get my, my physical for baseball was, um, it, I'm pretty sure it was just a, a one or two bedroom apartment, um, where the waiting room was a living room, or and at one point it was a living room anyway, and the uh, the doctor's office was a, a master bedroom. Um, I go in, uh, I sit down for a little bit, uh, fifteen minutes or so. Uh, doctor calls me into the office. Go in there. He does all the same stuff that you get in a physical in the United States. Uh, when we're all done. I tell him I need this, uh, basically like a doctor's note that says I'm not going to hurt myself just by playing baseball. Uh, get him to sign that for me. And then he asks me if I have my, if I have a carte vitale. I say, no, I don't have a carte vitale. And he says, okay, that's fine. He pulls out a credit card reader, says that'll be 25 euro. And I hand him my debit card. He inserts, I enter my pin. He prints off my receipt, and I go on my merry way. That, that's the whole deal. Um, I don't, you don't go through a whole lot of form filling out like I have every time in the U.S. Most of that uh, is actually stored on that carte vitale that I mentioned before. Um, if, if you have that, then it pretty much has all that information that you would be putting on your, uh, your forms when you go to the hospital. It's just, they, they read the card, they have all that information, good to go. Great idea, just saying. But uh, because the nature of this was pretty simple, all he needed to do was to make sure I didn't have anything crazy going on, just generally fit. And he said, yep, you're generally fit, uh, go play baseball, have fun. And that's 25 euro for me. Uh, real cheap, easy. Uh, that If I had French insurance... As my girlfriend does, I could submit that receipt to my insurance company and it would be reimbursed within a couple of days. So it would have been free, almost certainly. Now, France clearly has a totally different system. The, whole, the, the very essence of the system is different from what we have in the United States. But the way I see it, this type of system where you have... Uh, where you have private insurers, which we have in the United States, you have private providers, those would be your doctors and nurses. We, we already have both of those concepts in the U.S. We don't have a huge number of public offerings. We, don't, we do have a whole, kind of a mix of everything, but if we were to make the whole system private, but set out some firm rules, which is how you handle it in the Bismarck model, I think we'd be in better shape. Uh, if you, I'd love to talk to anyone about this. Uh, if you're in medical if you're in, um, medical payments or you're in uh, if you're a doctor, I know, I know some doctors, but they tend to be super busy. 
the ones that I know. Um, don't seem to have a whole lot of time to chat about these things. I'd, I'd love to sit down and talk with you. Um, healthcare is a, a, it's a big, big expense in the United States, and I'd like to see us do something about it. Uh, I don't hear anyone talking about the Bismarck model, and I don't know why. I haven't seen anything yet that says this isn't valid for the United States. Most people say either we need to do what we're doing now or move to um, what they keep calling single payer, which is a different model that I don't want to get into, um, but it doesn't seem to do what I would like it to do. Uh, It's just, it doesn't really fit what we talk about in the United States for a for anything, you know, uh, we like to we like our private co- companies. We like our uh, private providers. We just we just want the system to work better. Um, unfortunately, the economics of healthcare are such that you can't really have the free market dictate who gets healthcare because then the sick won't get any. <laughs> the sick will all die. The poor will all die, uh, and then you won't have any people left. It's just how. It, that's how free market works uh, when it comes to healthcare. It's just, it's not a good idea. Uh, so let's, let's get the bits that make the system better on the market, which would be uh, allowing choice among doctors, allowing choice among uh, insurers. But let's set up some rules to cut out all the, the crap that comes with the quote-unquote free market in healthcare. It's just... I think we can do better. Uh, what do you think? Write to me on my on the Facebook. Write to me on the Tyler Twenty Forty Facebook page if you want to talk about healthcare. I'd love to. Uh, I I'm trying to read more and more about the topic. If you have any books to recommend, I will read them. Uh, I do have a couple of recommendations of my own to give you. First, if you're not into reading, if you're into watching, let's. I recommend the healthcare triage. YouTube channel has a whole wealth of information. And that one book that I read that I found just incredibly enlightening is titled The Healing of America, A Global Quest for Better, Cheaper, and Fairer Healthcare. The author is T.R. Reed. I picked that up on Amazon. It's not all that expensive and it is totally worth it. It is a great read. Check it out. Highly recommend it. Thank you for joining me on this Tyler 2040 episode, and I will talk to you again soon, hopefully a lot sooner than, than this last break. I know it's been a little while.